Kitchen Table Netrunner. Plus, scoops, scoops, scoops. Welcome to Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. Hey everybody, welcome back. First topic. Why haven't we been recording more episodes? A hundred children in quarantine? I think that's part of it. But also, I came to the realization that our podcast isn't very good. (laughs) That's you and me with our hilarious banter. What's not to love? There's some charm, no doubt. But having sampled some of the other podcasts... They are diligent about having guests on with interesting perspectives. They have interesting takes on the competitive meta. You know, just like we don't have a lot to offer. Okay. I think the one place that we have carved out a niche is in being beginner friendly, being non-threatening. We are very non-threatening. Yeah. I mean, Nicole's seen me with my shirt off. (laughs) But... The hope was that there would be a a new player product that we would be talking about many months ago, but there wasn't. Truth. But there will be. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Gateway, and we're going to talk about specifically some sweet, sweet scoops. Sweet! All right. So just want to get that out of the way. I don't know what our future is as a podcast. I want to do something. I like it. But also, we started the podcast at a time when there were no active Netrunner podcasts. We were like, oh, there's this huge gap and we can record just our dumb ideas. (laughs) But now there are several and they're all producing better content than us and good for them. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. I'm not saying this is the last episode. It's not. (laughs) But there may at some point be an exit strategy. It's possible, I suppose. C'est possible. So I lately have been surprisingly trying to get better at Netrunner. I'm proud of you. Thanks. And so there was this asynchronous tournament that Vale put on. Very nice. It's as of recording, it's still going on, but I'm not involved. But barely. Kind of barely. So, (laughs) but I want to tell this broader story because... I also competed in in an event for the Portland Meta. Yeah, local virtual event. Yes, but for the asynchronous tournament, they were pairing people up with mentors. And so I got paired up with Wyson Grin. Oh, I didn't realize that it was for the... I thought he was just like a nice dude who was like, hey, I would be willing to help you. I didn't realize it was for the tournament. All those things are true. It was just within the context of the tournament, as in like, this is not a long-term commitment you're making to someone. I see. Yeah. So he's done with you. Wash his hands. I mean, he may still be washing them. (laughs) may take a while to get the stank (laughs) off. Oh, no. So... We brainstormed together, did some collaborating on what kind of decks would be successful. And this is a tournament where every week you could change decks completely. Not like cash refresh where you have to keep the same ID. You could could play something completely different. And tech it toward your opponent. Well, if your opponent could be playing any ID... (laughs) (laughs) right it's not not so straightforward but anyway my coach was like no if you find that there's a card in your deck that's garbage and you wish you didn't have it in your deck maybe 
maybe I'll let you take it out. But otherwise, you're stuck, which was very good discipline. So I bring that up and I bring both the events up because I use the same decks for both. So the decks were a professional contacts Leela. I don't think there is anything else particularly spicy about it. Just good cards in Leela. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you had me play the other day? It was. That was a good deck. I like playing it. Yeah, you didn't even get the professional contacts early. No. Makes a difference. I got it early on the next one. It helped. And then the corpse side, I was playing Rush Outfit. And I'm used to playing Outfit in a way that I think is fast. (laughs) But this one was really like, okay, I slapped down a piece of ice on a remote server. Let's install an agenda and go. Don't even worry about centrals. Going too fast. Had a hard-hitting news, two hard-hitting news, and a boom, and then punitive and archive memories. So it's like there were three ways to win, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the asynchronous tournament, I got swept, and that was really interesting because I took the games back to my mentor and it was like, hey, so my corpse side, I think I made this mistake that cost me the game. What'd you think? And he's like, yeah, there's actually several others that you made as well. (laughs) But then I was like, on the runner's side, I feel like this was the only thing I did wrong. And I don't really know like how I can match the tempo of this, this deck I'm playing. And and, and my mentor was like, this game is a mess. You're doing everything wrong. Every turn is a disaster. From like <laughs> you mulliganing great cards away to every every turn is like, I'm, I'm shaking my head and wondering, what are you thinking? So that was so helpful because it meant that I, I wasn't even aware of what a good playing runner would look like, which explains why my runner win rate is so much slower than my corp win rate. Mm-hmm. So I swept the next round. And then because I had only two losses, the they're like, well, may, maybe you should... Two, my, my opponent offered a two for one, you know, being even, it seemed weird. And I've never, I've never actually taken a two for one before, but I thought about it and I was like, well, it's the third round. If I take a two for one, I'll know at the end of it, whether I'm in contention for the cut or not. So I took it my first ever and I got the corpse side, which my opponent's stronger side was the runner's side. So that was uh, lucky for him, but... So you're both playing your stronger sides. Yeah, but I won. Yeah. I won. I got kind of lucky. You know, I think I got really good draw and he didn't get all of this stuff in time. So that was good. That put me at two losses. But the next pairing, it was a situation where my opponent would have been happy with an ID because I was playing... I was like, I don't remember what position I was in, but... So it's 26 people and my opponent was... I think it was ninth seed. My opponent was sixth. And so I was like, hey, do you want to do a two for one? He was like, not at all. Would you like to do an ID? And I said, no, I would not. What's an ID? Intentional draw where you just, yeah, don't play any games. Well, until we move to single-sided Swiss, it's often the best way to go. So I don't know what to say. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, so we were consigned to just having to play both games. And I needed to win both of them, basically due to the my lowest strengths of schedule and I lost the first game. So I was like, well, looks like I'm not making the cut. Good thing we didn't do a two for one. Well, I mean, it's the same basically in terms of my advancing to the next round or not. Anyway, and then I 
did win the second game. Felt like it went pretty well. And I did not make the cut. I There were a bunch of players on five wins, and I had the lowest strength of schedule of all of them. So top eight cut, I was 11th. But my extended strength of schedule is great. That's awesome. You mean you mean the placing was great? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 11th out of 26 is definitely above average for me. Yeah. And then the Portland event... I went four and two and I got a bye and the numbers shook out such that I won. Yeah. <laughs> I got the, la- I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go do a thing. And they're like, well, you got the last round bye anyway. I was like, okay, cool. And they played it and I just got a message later. It was like, I guess you won. So first of all, first tournament win. Secondly, probably most anticlimactic tournament win. <laughs> You know, like last minute, like throw down. Ha ha ha! I mean, it's not Yu-Gi-Oh! Anyway, so here's the thing. Getting a mentor was hard. I once, Kevin Tame offered to play with me for a day and we did that and it was good. And he kind of walked me through how to play a deck. But, you know, I have, I don't know, just like a moderate amount of social anxiety. Not like I'm really concerned about it, but like, asking someone to be like hey you're good at a thing that i'm bad at would you please take your time to help me get better well there's like the social anxiety piece and then you do have a fairly substantial amount of pride i mean i'm literally we're recording a podcast about how bad i am so i don't know if that's but i think like you're right that like the there's a difference between me being like, I'm not very good at Netrunner versus I would like your help, right? They're pretty different. So anyway, for whatever reason about how my brain is broken, I haven't really asked for a mentor, but that's 100% what I needed because there were things I didn't understand about the game that having Grin there cracked open for me. Well, that's good. One, for example, is... He was talking about trashing cards that you access. And he said, and this had never occurred to me before, but there's a huge difference between trashing a card in HQ and trashing a card in R&D. Because in HQ, that card is one of the corpse options that turn. Whereas in R&D, you can trash a card, but then they're just going to draw another card. So unless it's like the most important card for executing the corp game plan, then you're just basically putting it on the bottom of their deck, right? You're just giving them access to a different card instead that you don't have as much control over. And so just like keeping the information, uh, knowing what one of the things in HQ next turn and all that is often much better. So I never would have figured that out or it would have taken a long time. Yeah, that helped me because you had told me about that when I was playing against you and it did kind of affect what I decided to trash out of R&D. Yeah, I mean, just like the mentoring chain. Anyway, so I'm sorry for you if I am your mentor. That's probably not a great spot to be in. Find a real one, my suggestion. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's my competitive journey lately. The point is, I have improved at Netrunner and I hadn't felt that way in the last six or nine months make sure you hold on to that improvement you know don't not play for a long time thanks keep your head in the game yes well speaking of which a lot of people have been bored with the current meta but obviously i hadn't mastered it (laughs) so i was happy to continue to play it and i think i have a better grasp of it now 
even with the salvage memory cards, didn't change a whole lot. Made some more miserable replicating perfection decks, but that's about it. Ugh. I don't know why I like to play them. Well, it's probably fun to play them. It's just not playing against them that's fun, right? Like, But I mean, shouldn't I feel bad? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Everybody wants to knock the person in the dunk tank, but nobody wants to be the person in the dunk tank. They always seem happy. It's always like the principal of your school or something. Or your coach. Maybe. I've never actually participated in a dunk tank on either side. Oh. But the current meta is not going to last much longer because... Nisei's shaking it all up with the release at the end of the month of System Gateway and System Update. Yay! So, yes, long awaited. We're excited that it's here. So, first of all, Nisei started the month out with an announcement of rule changes. Here are the new rules. First thing is, new keyword, breach. Because there are, there's a word that we use two ways. Access. Right? So if you run an empty archives, after your run is successful, you start the access step, but there's nothing to access. Sure. Whereas you run a server, there's this access step, and as part of the access step, you access each card. So now the word for the access card step is breach. So you breach the server. Okay, sure. So they gave legwork as an example. So as part of the breaching of the server, you not only access, because the rules for, okay, if you breach HQ, you access all upgrades and one card at random, right? That's your, that's your base breach rule. And so the new legwork terminology is, if successful, access two additional cards when you breach HQ. Okay. And, and they also have a security testing where it replaces the breach step with the credit C game. And and they spoiled a new card, jailbreak. Okay, cool. Right. So you get it so it's it's zero cost. You get a run out of it, which costs an action anyway. And then you draw a card if you're successful. So if you're successful, it's a card that replaces itself and does a thing you're already gonna do. Plus. And then yeah, it acts, it allows you to access an additional card when you breach so not maybe a great card by itself but if you say are running kentema and you get an extra credit for playing this and then you're running paragon and you get a card and a, a peak because you can trigger these in either order right you could peak and then you draw. can peak and then decide if you want the top one or not like so this card becomes reasonably good with another other if you're doing those other things anyway doing those other things in order to get the value of this card probably not so much but that's a a good example of how you use breach uh because again it just adds an additional card you say it like it's not like like oh it's a good card i mean if you use it with other things which is fine but i feel like you're implying that it's a meh card but i think that the fact that like you can take a card and it makes other things sweeter. Just a little bit though, right? Like that's saying Easy Mark is a great card because instead of clicking for one credit, you get to click for three. But Easy Mark is not a great card. I mean, but the point is, is it complicates the game. It makes it deeper and more interesting to have like those interactions that maybe at first glance, if you're, especially if you're kind of newer to the game, you might not get, but that you can start figuring out those like symbiotic relationships, those yes. things that work really well together. And that makes things a lot, the complexity makes it a lot more interesting. Yes. 
this is a good card to exist in Gateway. I'm glad it does. I think that it will help teach players to think critically about how cards go together. I'm saying it's not a super highly competitively tuned card. It's no, it's not the next hard-hitting news, you know. Okay, next, interface. This is just text change, kind of like Breach. But as you know, icebreakers can't interact with ice unless they're at strength. Okay. Unless they can right? Like Abagnale is a good example where you can bypass a code gate even if you're not strength by trashing it, right? Okay. So the new solution is to make it clear that anything that you need to be at strength for has this interface keyword. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people were complaining about, well, why not just leave it the way it was where the things that don't require you to be interfacing are spelled out because there's many fewer of those, right? Whereas this yes. this is a change to every icebreaker, basically. Right, that, that's my question. Yes. Well, the the counter-argument is think about a card like Kongamato, right? So Kongamato, you just, it's a resource and you trash it to break a subroutine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be at strength. Any other card with a paid ability, you can use it whenever. There's no restrictions, except for icebreakers so kongamato would gain the word interface no it wouldn't oh because it doesn't need to be at strength yep because it can't be it so it doesn't even have strength sure and so your 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 options were to say like well there's this rule you can use paid ability windows whenever unless it's an icebreaker and then you can only use the ones that interact with ice if it's a strength or you can say okay heads up whenever you see this interface word it means that you can only do this when you're at add strength to the ice that you're interacting with. So, okay, question. So we're adding all of these these words, these texts, these keywords to cards like interface and breach. But, you know, Nisa is not going to, at least not anytime soon, come out with replacement cards for everything that currently exists. So how do you, like, how how do you square that mentally to figure out, like, oh, okay, so this one doesn't say interface, but it works the same way as interface, or... Yes, so experienced players will just have to, you know, deal with it. And new players who are, who jump into standard and play competitively will have to learn that we're in a transition period. But this is to start getting us ready for a fully Nisei future. Yeah. And the goal is to make it so that we have a set of rules that actually works. That's like a logically closed and consistent system. Rather than a set of rules where we can all look at each other and be like, yeah, we know how it works. You understand how it's supposed to work, right? Who cares how it actually would work? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. It's just... That's a, I guess, tough thing to figure out, you know, the, the timing yep. issues and stuff. Maybe they should make stickers, you know, like when, like on our driver's license, when you move from one address to another, instead of getting a whole new driver's license, they just give you like a sticker with your new address on it and you stick it over your old address. So maybe we should like get that. Not that I would stick them on our cards. That would be pretty terrible, but maybe you could stick like, them on. Here's like, a great <laughs> idea that I will never do. Do not do this. <laughs> They could just make little cutouts and you can slide it into the leaves. How about that? Okay. So here's a tricky one. So this is a tricky one. Yeah, that was that was the easy stuff. That was just making new words for stuff. This is reasonably important. 
You know, this is why I feel like I haven't played as much Netrunner recently. kind of feel like I'm too stupid for it. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Maybe you're... Maybe you're too stupid to, like, build decks that will win at the competitive level, but, like, playing decks well, fully capable. I don't know. I just feel really dumb thinking about all these things. It's like, uh, I don't even know. Okay, so next thing is servers are kind of tricky because, as you know, cards can be in a server or protecting a server, right? And so Mm -hmm. protecting a server, that's all the ice. Right. There are exceptional cases where you could have ice in a server but that not really with cards that exist anymore right like awakening center or whatever but other than that in a remote all the cards you installed were in the server assets upgrades agendas whatever yeah however in a central server the cards in that server Uh were in hq the cards in your hand in rnd your deck in archives your discard pile Sure. And then any upgrades that were there were in the root of the server. Yeah. There's an upgrade here and an upgrade here, and they're actually in functionally different parts. And that matters because, so for example, Warroid Tracker says, whenever you trash a card in or protecting the server, do this trace. If if a trace is successful, the runner must discard two cards. And so if you install Warroid Tracker on a remote... Then if you trash Warroid Tracker, then it triggers. If you install Warroid Tracker on a central server, if you trash Warroid Tracker, then it does not trigger. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't? Well, I've got great news for you. I mean, I figured it would just trigger. Why would it not just Because trigger? in the root of a server is not the same as in a server. I just kind of thought they were all in the root. Like, Nope. Great news. Great news. Great news. Now they are. Okay, great. I, I cannot... You must be the one person who thinks this is like a... You're like, oh, boy, that... That's exactly how I thought it should always work. Okay, so <laughs> all servers have a root. The root is where you stick assets, agendas, and upgrades, always. Then what's the server? The server is, the server, exi- it's a construct of the root plus the protection. Oh, I see. So it's all the server, which makes sense. I mean, I guess I don't actually know anything IT wise, but it seems like. Well, you, no, it. I don't think so. This is the part that bothers <laughs> me a bit is that like the okay. root of a server is where you have like the stuff that builds it, like the, the logic that that routes stuff. And I don't actually know anything about this stuff either. But, <laughs> you know, like it's that's where you're like your OS is or whatever. Right. And so the like that you don't store like here's our plans to build a new type of bioroid in the root of anything that's not like your root is like what lets the whole thing boot i guess i'm just surprised that there's assets in the root like i guess like upgrades i could see but like assets and agendas doesn't make sense like it seems like that would be the server like the things you're doing in it and then the I don't know. Okay, so now only centrals have cards in the server, and anything that's installed in a server is actually installed in the root of a server. Okay. So that's a pretty big terminology change that will also require some cards to change, either dramatically change the way they're worded or change how they function. Warroid Tracker is a perfect example. Okay. Anyway, then they also have a couple of little rules. One is... Bioroids no longer say you may spend a click because spending a click is how you initiate an action and you can't do that during a run because you're already in an action. Oh. So now it says lose click. Okay, yeah. sure. And then how trashing works, that means there's a there's a trash 
step so that you know it's when you're accessing you have this opportunity to trash and so that's when imp imp works right so it's a little weird there's also a, a little timing change but we don't need to talk about it all right you probably wouldn't even notice it i believe that i play when i play in jinteki and it's like Okay, now you, do you want to, like, talk about this ice or not? I'm like, uh, I Man, knew it was there. I feel like what you're saying is you don't remember playing against my Nazir deck where you'd res the ice and then I would gain all this money that I'd dump into cards so that I would have them, you know, I, before I lost all my money, I had to install stuff and then, and then I'd lose my zero credits and gain, like, one from order of soul and then oh the eight from the toll booth you res and then i'd use that to break the ice and <laughs> bananas anyway cool so nisei's shaking up the rules overall thoughts seems fine i mean doesn't seem like they're huge differences or more just like slight wording changes okay trying to clear things i get that trying to make it easier for newbies yeah so let's talk for a minute about this is again some time traveling so all the things that we're talking about by the time we release the episode will have been spoiled but right now you're one of a very select group of people that knows them neat okay so first talking about the cards leaving system core in that they're not in system gateway or system update any cards when you go to jinteki and you say i want to play a blank what are your choices is standard still a thing or that system update now well okay so that's a great question formats so system gateway yeah okay system gateway plus system update okay some intermediate format where it's like system update System Gateway plus System Update plus Ashes, right? Like all the Nisei cards. Okay. And then Standard. Those are your, those are your, I think the, the progression of formats. Okay. What about the one that some people like to play where it's like everything free for all? Eternal? Yeah. Nisei has said that is a format you can play, <laughs> but they will not be doing much work at all to help make that a, a format that makes sense. Okay. Then there's also like Eric's throwback format, right? Where it's like standard plus one rotated card. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Oh yeah. We're going to play this way and just create your little rules, which makes the game fun and it livens it up a bit. So that's fine. That's fine. Cards. Okay. Yes. Sorry. I wasn't looking at them. Okay. Ready for real now. So first of all, cards rotating that you want to talk about. Uh, Stimhack. Huge deal. Oh yeah. Sorry. I finally am willing to play that card. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. In your smoke decks, you got some good mileage out of Stimahack. I know. I know. It's crazy. Okay. So Gabe and Leela are both going? Yep. Right. Because we know the the runners in system update are Ken and Steve Cambridge. Oh, man. Which one? I guess mostly Leela. I mean, Leela leaving has been a thing that we've all come to terms with over the past few months. Most people are pretty sure it's for the best. She's just so good and disruptive. Sure. It's like it'll be okay. good to see what other other things people can do. I'm gonna be I'm gonna miss fairy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a great little breaker. It does its job. It's cheap. It's easy. Hostage was I've built and not done very well with many like as connection decks, like as and friends kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. And hostage was like the way to get the one that you needed for this matchup. So that's a big deal. Data dealer was, it's like the, the one way to totally crush the sports metal combo decks with just feeding the runner agendas until you win. 
And that's too bad. Presumably we'll find another way to deal with that. Yeah. So shaper wise, I haven't played with chaos theory for a long time, but like I started out with her. So yes. it's a little sad in that respect. Just kind of like the like, oh, that's special. I don't feel like I'm going to miss either HQ interface or R&D interface. Okay. I don't know. Once as soon as you put them out, then folks ice those up real quick. And then you, it's like, oh, I just spent all that money for nothing. And now we have, I mean, I guess we always had for a long time, turning wheel. Sure. So I feel like that is much better. It's more It's more versatile and flexible. Okay. It's fine. No more Caddy, Caddy Jones. She's often too slow to... Oh be very useful but yeah i've used her she was good but yeah slow always is frustrating too when you're like yes i've got the runner right where i want him and then they're like oh actually i just like pop 18 credits yeah (laughs) it's like oh okay never mind yep okay on the corpse side Mm. so rp is rotating Sorry, no sadness over here for that. I mean, maybe you're sad. I know. I, I like it. Yeah. It sucks to play against it. Yeah. Uh, so Stronger Together, finally gone. Yeah. Sad. I really, you know, Damon said that we as a community hadn't done the math on it, and it's really actually a good idea, but I had not been able to make that work. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not going to miss Sundew. Well, you won't care about Sundew. That's true, because there's not RP. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true. NBN, I feel kind of the same way about that as I do about Chaos Theory. Just like that was sort sure. of my my beginning kind of thing. And Seasource um, isn't going away. That's going to be in Gateway, I think. That's my understanding. Oh, interesting. Blue Sun, that one's a good one. Yep. Spiderweb has been important in a boomerang world. because It's got that third and the run on it. Yeah. Okay. Second piece worth mentioning is honor and profit is rotating so anything you're gonna miss there guard you've played guard quite a bit yeah true 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 legwork but looked like there was a new one coming yeah so i'm okay there it's in the update yeah but silhouette i don't think very many people are gonna miss ian and then we'll get the new ken ken Mm -hmm. 2.0 no more goofy gingerbread decks or the central breakers also, I'm sad about Oracle May leaving because the all events except for Bin Breakers and Oracle May Ken deck is a personal favorite. <laughs> it's just fun to play. And then you lose most of the time. But then you're like, whoops, let's play again. I don't feel like I'm going to miss too much. Then. Okay, great. Well, hooray for rotation for you then. Sure, sure. Okay, so in terms of the cards that are being saved from Sansan for rotation... Right, we've got Clot. Okay. We've got Chameleon. And NEH is coming back. That's a huge deal. Okay. Thoughts on that? No. It makes horizontal yellow work. Right? Sure. And, of course, the implication of having just one additional corp ID in, adi- in, in when there's two runner IDs. That faked some people out, I bet. You know, I'm kind of surprised that Psychographics is still sticking around. Tell me why. Like, I always think, I've only seen it used, like, twice and i always feel like i have a good plan to use it and then something fouls it up well so you've never played ctm sure okay there's this constant pressure of tags that you're giving the runner 
and the runner can lose tempo to deal with those or at some point just give up, right? Yeah. And that's when a psychographics becomes your win condition, especially if you have like Project Beale, where you just like dump it all and you're like, here's a four point Beale or a five point Beale. Right. I mean, like, I understand that logically. I just, and maybe it's just like you said, I haven't played the right, right. decks, but I just, I'm like, yeah, this is what's gonna, oh man. Yeah. So, pretty good deal. With Hordum coming in, I mean, I'm sure that Sticking around. they'll have pretty art on the cards. I really like the new style that I've seen coming through for me, say, in this okay. set of cards. The punitive counter strike is amazing. What I was gonna say is we have that really pretty alt art hordum we do i really like it i forget who drew that one i don't know anyway anything else from sansan San that you are sad about no i feel like didn't we look at the whole list no no so there's cybernetics division the brain damage id yeah okay there's there's chronos protocol and biotech there's crick yeah. that's what i'm i'm thinking about right it's just like what do you do without crick i i wouldn't even know okay it would make cricket kind of weird it would just be it <laughs> cortex lock it's kind of a big deal argus batty harpsichord can go and i don't think anyone will miss it it's only used for nefarious purposes to make a deck that loses but slowly enough to annoy you and then there's no wayland id in that set vanity project you're gonna lose your four point agenda i don't know that i ever played that really no i'm good faust is going geist is going didn't play guys it was a it was a wild ride Haley is the big one right because that'll really open up design space for shapers other shapers shine through and the wireless net pavilion those dumb paparazzi and wireless net pavilion and all the stuff that made you so you could be tagged but unkillable and yeah no i'm good cool all right so now let's talk about the the ids at least in in system gateway this is something that other people are scooping nisei is scooping and they'll surely be done before we put this out I don't definitely be the, the jerks here yeah, yeah it's totally fine oh. it's totally fine by the time people hear this they'll be like of course we've heard about that it's old news here's the schedule i'll even show you the whole schedule see like tomorrow people will already know about the wayland id so criminal you've got your french gentleman thief i'm making that up but I can see that. Plane awesome. Sure, sure. Pate animal. <laughs> so animal all of these are 4015. So nice and lean. Hey, you talked over my French. What? I'm sorry. What'd you do? No, it doesn't matter. Just keep going. Oh, this is this is the anarch. I don't. I shouldn't call him a gentleman thief or something. That's not. That's not what anarchs are. Okay, they're all the same. So they're all 4015. So they're lean decks. Okay. Which is good for having to make up all the cards in Gateway, but also, you know, it it's a handy thing to for consistency. All about the trashing the cards. So you trash cards you're accessing, whether by paying the trash cost, imp, etc. And you draw a card and get a credit. Loop means wolf. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of animal much. he is at the party. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. thoughts on that? It's not an ID that helps you trash like Ed Kim or Freedom. But it's an ID that benefits from you trashing. Right. I think I think it's good. It's interesting to think about that now with what you learn from your mentor about like what things you would trash because I, I think it would be enticing, right? You see a card on R and D to be like, Well, I get these benefits, so I'll trash it, but maybe maybe that's not worth it and you have to really think about you still have to be critical of what you're trashing. Yeah. I I would probably run R and D less and just like hammer hq and bring imps and stuff sure 
I think also Demolisher, the console that they released in Ashes, where it reduces the trash cost by one. It might be a useful thing to play with him. Okay. Okay, so the criminal ID, Zaya Sadegi, the versatile smuggler. So one credit for each time you access a card once per turn in, a, in our HQ and R&D. So you legwork, you get three credits. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a more versatile Gabe. It's interesting that it, so I was thinking like it's weird the way that it's worded, but I guess it's so that like you wouldn't have to take it on your first run. You know, right. you could theoretically like build up. Get a turning wheel counter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great point. That's a good a good example. Imagine, you know, you make a big turning wheel dig to try and clear HQ, but you also get a fair amount of your money back. Right. Getting ready for a hard hitting news trace or something. Right. Mm hmm. Okay, and then Shaper, we've got Tao Salonga, the telepresence magician. <laughs> so whenever an agenda is scored or stolen, you may swap two installed pieces of ice. It's kind of like lame Leela. But... Not overpowered Leela, how about that? Right, yeah, that, that's what I mean, yep. So... I like that better in some ways than Leela, at least just on the surface, because Leela, if you are like, okay, I'm playing against Leela, so I'm going to plan my turn so that I always have that extra clip yep. to reinstall. And this way... You can't move your own ice. Right. It's like, that's how it is. It's like, oh my. Yeah. So the thing that, that it, this makes me think, as, as a corp, generally I have very different plans for what kind of ice central servers get versus a remote server right central servers you just want something that's like oh this is going to cost the runner four credits every turn or do something else unpleasant and just like not keep them out but make it unpleasant so they don't want to get in whereas on the remote you're going to want like border control right stop them once stop them whenever you need to even if they can break through and mm -hmm. stuff like that mm -hmm. or things like data loop where you're like okay if you want to come in and get this agenda you're going to have to add cards to the top of your stack and you're going to set yourself up for a kill in various ways or whatever right so the ability of the runner three four times a game to just like swipsy swapsies is pretty intense. I think that this raises the stock of Thimble Rig because then you're like, well, I'll just switch it back. Yeah, true. Yeah, and you wouldn't even have to switch it from server to server, right? Correct, like, yeah. You could just switch, mess with the order of it so that you could be like, well, I already have my Ooh. my Fractor out so I can flop these so I can legwork past that and then I can, or not legwork. Inside job. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. But in addition... You could say if there's like a like an end the run uh, up against the server, right? The last piece of ice. You could swap it out and then use it for turning wheel counters. Oh, yeah. Keep bouncing. Keep bouncing. Cool. When do we get to the ones that we get to We'll get there. Scoop. Get there. Who cares? No rush. Okay. There's lots of rush. So let's talk about the Jinteki ID. So again, 4015 on all the these. the HB one? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to skip it because we're, all of our spoiled cards are HB, and so we'll talk about it in context. Oh, okay. All right. Look at you thinking about stuff. Okay. All right. So, Restoring Humanity, if there's a face-down card in archives, gain a credit. Huh. So, it's reminder. For each one, it's just a credit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be bananas. But, I don't know. Like, this card seems really good because you're telling the runner either you have to make stupid runs that are worthless or you gain a credit that's sure. like baseline 
right? Okay. And and cards like Breach Dome are not legal. So kind of the worst thing would be like News Team, Space Camp. I went to Space Camp. It's, I appreciate your contributions. Um <laughs> Thank you for your service. Uh, but that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're running bad publicity, there's also that one card. What's it called? Je ne sais pas. Increased drop rates. But that would be a, a weird deck that's Jinteki and accumulating bad publicity and playing increased drop rates. Anyway, so I think that at that base level, you're like, you have to spend a turn running archives. And again, Crick is gone. What else can you do to make running archives bad? I don't know. I mean, again, just... A waste of yes turn. right the question is can you make it even worse and i'm excited to see what people come up with because it's, <laughs> it's not that different than from rp right in that you're like well i had to done do this dumb run at once a turn or whatever okay anyway so i mean i'm excited about that nbn reality plus this seems like an idea that you would like benefit off the tagging yeah and 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 it's not just on your turn it also works on the runner's turn so if you have data raven you have to take a tag during the run, then you can draw two cards if they're running on HQ. Now they're less likely to hit that agenda or whatever, unless you draw two more. But then on their turn, then you can sea source them and then and then you get two more credits. And it's great. Yeah, that could be fun. Any other cards that makes you think of? No. Okay. Wayland built to last. So your first advancement every turn is, or your first advancement on a card is credit positive. You advance. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. You get credits for advancing something. The first yeah. Time. So it's interesting because the advanceable ice stuff in Wayland has a lot of IDs competing for it. There's Builder of Nations, there's SSO, and then this. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Like Builder of Nations is just like an unpleasant, grindy deck. SSO, a couple of people think it's playable, right? Like Alexis, but like I haven't, I haven't quite got it to click. But maybe this will be the one. And remember, because these are all forty fifteen, that they only need eighteen points, and so you could have six three pointers in terms of just the agenda density. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you have you know ridiculous things like echo chamber or whatever. Okay, because I know that was your favorite thing about Asmari. You can play Six Agenda NBN again. Yeah, that was good. All right. So now, HB, Precision Design. This is the one we're going to be focusing on today. So first of all, you get an extra card. From Archives. No. First of all, you get an extra card. Oh, I see. Your hand size. Sorry. You said the first of all on the last sentence. It was <laughs> honest mistake here. Well, I think that's a, I think that's the constant effect that's working the whole time. So extra card in your hand. Useful? Generally. Especially, I mean, as the corp, right? You're, the more you can keep your hand full of cards to, to make it harder to grab those agendas. Okay, that's interesting. I hadn't quite thought of it that way. Because if you have more cards in your hand, that makes it more possible to pull off weird combos. Truth. Okay. Which is great for like HB because you think about some of the things that HB does in terms of like um, getting extra clicks and then like using those clicks to do crazy things and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like that makes a lot of sense. Right. So in this case, the special ability is whenever an agenda is scored, add a card from archives to HQ. So super great. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I like archive memories. This is like one that doesn't take a click. And you said to score an agenda. <laughs> Isn't that what you're trying to do in the first place? Right. So you could build this deck with lots of 
little agendas, right? Like try and find as many one pointers as you can and just score them from hand with Sans and City Grid or something and just keep bringing your or or you can keep bringing your calibration testings back hmm. or whatever. So there's, there's options here. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what they are, but I've figured them out. Those are the things that makes me think of. So did you want to spoil some cards? Yes. All right. First, here's an agenda that you might... four cards? Yeah, four cards. So cool. Yeah. Get ready. Buckle up. All right. So the first one is an agenda for HB that... These are all HB cards. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, appreciate it. So this one is Luminal Transubstantiation. Good luck spelling that one. I mean, the Catholics in the audience probably are used to transubstantiation transubstantiation you can't even say it all right not while i'm listening to my own voice okay so it's an agenda first of all first of all it's a three two agenda yeah so people like three two agendas but you can only have one in your deck limit one right because you gain three clicks when you score. okay so when you score it you gain three clicks but you can't score agendas so if you're playing this in precision design then you just popped a card back from archives and you've got three clicks to do something with it yeah i mean that's an ngo front that's like a a three two agenda like well on its way you just need your next turn to go pop 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 and then you've well, got yeah, that. but you don't want to leave three two agendas just sitting around anywhere i mean you have to at some point right okay all right yeah not if you not if you play fast advance. Sure. Okay. So thoughts on the art? There's a some kind of a quantum computing setup with some, some brain transfer. Some thoughts, something. yeah, going between brains. It looks like virtual brains, right? Bioroid brains or something. It's nice. Yeah. So next, sprint operation, real cheap, no cost, and only one influence if you want it somewhere else. And it has that art from earlier that was. It was spoiled and people were like, I don't know. Is that always be running or something? I like it. Yeah, it's kind of fancy. Yeah. Makes you think about running because there's people running on it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but like in a clockular way. Okay. They're surrounded by kind of clocky things. Anyway, so what does Sprint do besides steal spokesman from (laughs) T-Mobile? Is that Verizon? T-Mobile? T-Mobile Verizon, yeah. That's not the same company. No, he went Verizon Sprint. Verizon. Yeah. He started on Verizon. Okay. Now he's at Sprint. If that entire cultural reference went over your head, you're probably younger than we are. Ooh, yeah. I'm coming to terms with my agedness. She is sitting under a blanket right now. It's cold in the house. I'm always cold. So drafty. Always been cold. All right. So draw three cards, shuffle two cards from HQ into R&D. So we've seen some cards like that before where they're they're good filter cards. So you have to do so that. So Daily but Business it, Show would be an example of something that does that kind of thing, right? Yeah. But it doesn't take cards that you've already drawn and put them back. Right. So there's Distract the Masses. There's Attitude Adjustment. There's Gatekeeper. There's Drudge Work that specifically are like shuffle agendas back in, that kind of stuff. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of them. So. But this could be anything that you don't need, right? So in like an outfit rush deck, for example, you're looking for agendas so you can get them in servers as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and you'll, you're like, oh, well, I'll deal with this piece of isolator or whatever. Okay. Any other thoughts? I wish I had a card like that in Arkham. Sorry. Uh, right? You draw like the astounding revelation. You're like, oh my gosh. 
It's yeah, well, you, just like, keep in mind, you're just like, oh, I'll just keep drawing cards and then shuffling some back in, but some of those cards are bad. Be aware. Yeah. Anyway. So. I like, you know what I like about it? One of the things is tell like. Tell me. There are cards where you draw like three cards. I know it's on the runner side, so it's a little bit different, but like, like Diesel, for example. Yes. And you like draw these three cards and then, but you, it takes a lot of calculus to figure out. Okay, so I have, I'm going to drop three cards. So how many cards do I already have? Because I'm going to have to discard down and all that kind of stuff. And this way, you're just like, yeah, I get that I have to discard down, but I'm not dumping these cards and I'm taking what I need the most. And I like that because I feel like it opens you up just a little bit more to be able to play it when you do have several things in your hand. The idea you get an extra card in your hand. The idea is called Precision Design. PD. Yeah. Okay. But still, I like that filtering. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next. Next one is Seamless Launch, also an operation. This one costs one and is two influence, so it's not quite as easy to play or port into another ID. And this one is a big deal. And, and for some reason, it's not a shipment. Most of these like cards that do something like this is, is are like shipments. From somewhere. So what does Seamless Launch do? Yes, it says place two advancement tokens on a card you did not install this turn. So So. you can play this on a card in your hand because you didn't install it. It's in your hand and so you just put two advancement tokens on it, right? What? (laughs) Top card of R&D. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's a card. You didn't install it. Now they're going to have to come up with a whole new set of like keywords and definitions that we're all going to have to remember because Tristan confused everybody. There's like a, a picture of my face with, a, with like an X through it. <laughs> they just put on cards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Don't Tristan this. This is a, a never advanced card, right? If you had a bunch of just cards in servers, like a horizontal situation or or you just installed things and didn't didn't advance them and let the runner guess when to run right okay then so i can see this in a lot of, in, in jinteki for example where you've got like good four two agendas and stuff like that so you just like install it and they're like well is that a snare is that a pad campaign true, whatever true. and then you're like well actually here's the first two agenda advancements and then here's the second two and i just scored it that's a nisei that's a viral weaponization i see the idea again the ID is called Precision something. Precision decision. Precision design. There we go. Precision better. design. Okay, no, that's not what I was thinking about. No. Yeah, it doesn't work with the built to last because you're placing advancement tokens on a card. You're not actually advancing a card. Hmm. Also, great card with Mirror Morph because you can play this and put two tokens on it and then you can uh, advance it. And that's a second a- different action. True. And so then you, you've you got... So that's like a 3-2 or something. Then you can do... You can score that and then install a new card. Mm-hmm. And then you get a click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. And the art, it appears to be a launch that is going seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Some kind of a virtual city. Yeah. I will know that the people don't seem to be... In the crowd, don't seem to be looking at it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Just kind of walking by. Nor do I know who the person on the screen is. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, I don't know there. Okay. Have we seen pictures of all the new runners? None of them. Oh, well, we will have by the time this episode comes out. Right, right. So yeah, we'll look like we're behind, even though we're currently ahead. It averages, right? Should be on time then. 
Sure. And last but not least, bum, bum, bum. we've got an upgrade. It is, I'm going to say Managarm. Could be Main Maniji Arm. I'm going to say Managarm. Yeah, sure. Go okay. Skunk Works. That one I feel good about. <laughs> upgrade. Some of the like secret code stuff was talking about the Skunk Works. Anyway. Oh. We're good. So it's an upgrade. Tell us yeah, more. That's what I said. I know. I was right. I was coming back to Res where cost you were. of two, trash cost three, three influence. It's unique. Okay. So that means you can only have one in play at any given moment. One rest. But you can have you can still hold like you can put it in your deck multiples. So you can try to find them. Yes. Yeah. I think it's an interesting thought that like you could pop other ones in but not have them res sure i'm used to that with like an rp deck of jeeves you could have multiple jeeves down and just res the next one you need to and use it for diversion in the meantime so uh again the way that we're telling you about this card might not match its final text but what does it do so it gives you three things that you can do so whenever there's a successful run on the server the runner must choose one of the following. So it actually gives the other player three things that they can do. Right. Okay. So the first one says spend two clicks. So that so will I'm be changed be to lose. lose two clicks. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Second choice, pay five credit. Third choice, end the run. Okay. Thoughts? Well, from the runner's perspective, I'm thinking it's good that you get to decide which of those things you want to do. Sure. So that's that's the one thing, right, is that choice cards where you give your opponent a choice tend to be bad because they'll always pick the one that's least harmful to them. Right. So that said, if you think about cards that this is like, if you have an agenda in there and you want to be able to protect it, you put this in there and... If the runner doesn't have two clicks and five credits, they can't steal the agenda because they have to pick the end of the run. So yeah, I guess that was going to be my question. So if you have only one click or fewer, then you can't choose that one. If you have four credits, you can't choose the five credit, correct? Give me a second. They must choose one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. If this card does not do that, it is significantly weaker than I thought. Right. But my understanding intuitively is you have to pick, it says like the runner must choose, meaning you have to choose one that you can actually resolve. Okay, so given that, there's a card that makes it so you can't steal an agenda if you have less than five credits. It's red herrings, right? So yeah, going away though, right? Right, but I'm just yeah. saying like this does that thing. Sure. There's a card that you can't steal an agenda unless you spend one click, strong box, already rotated. But like this kind of, it lets you choose between those two but it's like two clicks or five credits and or you just have to end right like so you don't even get the chance to go in and trash it like you would with red herrings or strongbox or even ash right ash lets you at least access ash so if you go in and you hit this card you can't trash it and then in the run you have to in the run no. and... yeah it's, it says when there's a successful run so that's before you breach Okay, so you're already accessing. No, it's before the... No, breach is when you access. You declare a run successful before you breach. Breach is the consequence of the successful run. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to play that. So, right, you've, you play this in HB to steal an Ikawa project in 
a remote with the skunk works on it, you either have to pay seven credits and a click or three clicks and two credits. That does kind of deter you from being able to steal it. So I think there are really good things you could do with luminal transubstantiation. So, ooh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you ready? Yes. Okay. So three clicks isn't quite enough, but if you already have it on the board or if you have a biotic labor, right, you could score out an echo chamber with three clicks. Okay. So that's like, you can't score agendas, but you could add echo chamber as a point worth one, one point. So that could be like your, your game plan is you're like, I'm all three twos. I've got, I'm going to score three and an echo chamber. And you could do that with Arella Salvatore, right? You could have the, the her pull in that car, the, the echo chamber when you score the luminal. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can even, you could even, if it was, if the runner went in and trashed it, you pull it into HQ with the precision design ability and you install it, the Arella ability, and then you score it with the luminal transubstantiation ability. Symbiosis. Yeah. Watch out. Okay. And the art, it's it's the same person from from the seamless launch from mm. the image. Okay. And appears to be checking out some bioroids in their underwear. Yeah. But not like in a sexy way. There's like in the cryotubes or whatever. I mean, what if what if some people think cryotubes are sexy? No. Okay. They are not. You are incorrect, listener, just so you know. Okay. So, thoughts? Uh, you know, they're the ones that we talked about that I was a little sad that they got rotated out. But I, I'm i overall, like, really excited about the whole, like, system gateway coming out and teaching people. And I'm also hoping that, that like, starting from a slower, more basic starting point might help me become a better Netrunner player. Oh, so you're, like, back to basics. Yeah. Like, you're the sports team in, like, the beginning of the second act of the movie where the the new coach comes in and he sees how much they're, they're losing and they're pathetic. And he's like, okay, we're going to, instead, now we're going to do drills, but with, like, three-year-old kids strapped to each leg and this is gonna bring the team together and then they're like oh we don't like this guy but then they're like oh he actually has heart and cares about us is what you're saying basically sure okay perfect i get it so any any thoughts on the spoiled cards on which ones you're excited about which ones you think are strongest no okay i think the skunk works is strong i suspect it's strong so how do you just think about skunk odor it is strong. That odor is strong. The other thing with Seamless Launch, the other card that makes me think about is Vulnerability Audit. So okay. this is a, kind of a scary card to play in your deck because it's vulnerable. It's a it's a 4-3, which is great. Can't score it the turn you install it. So you have to put it in a server somewhere and then you have to advance it four times. You can either do that partially during the prior turn but then you're giving a strong signal or you can install it and then you need to be able to give four advances on it the next turn either with a biotic labor or might i suggest with a seamless launch yeah so i think i think sprint basically like click to draw and general and like improve hq a little bit Mm -hmm. and then i think that there is something great to do with luminal transubstantiation but i haven't figured it out but those are my thoughts. Very I think Skunk Works is good. Good. Okay. Anything else you think we should talk about tonight? 
No. Okay. So please contact us. You can contact us at kitchentablenetrunner at gmail.com. Yeah. You can catch us on jinteki.net. I'm LSTM. Cone 11. Or Ooh. hang out with us on Slack. Or I very occasionally do something on Reddit. I don't. The itinerant protesters Discord. Whatever. Anyway, I'm around. Yeah, he's around. I'm less around. But hooray for spoiler season. Yeah. I just want to say thanks to Nisei for letting us be a part of it, you know? Yes. Like, I mean, we spent the first half of the podcast talking about how, like, terrible and unqualified we are to have this job that we gave ourselves, and Nisei seems to think we're okay. Yeah. So, Gateway's almost here. Update's almost here. Buy lots of copies of Gateway. Give them to your friends. Yeah. I have to give them for Easter presents since you miss Christmas. Build, build your local community. Yeah. You can hang on to them until Halloween and just hand them out, like, for Halloween candy. In case you were wondering how to get your house egged, that's that's one way you could try. <laughs> okay. It's better than toothbrushes. I, yeah, that's fair. So, uh, until we talk again, play, play Gateway. Oh, yeah, Netrunner. But specifically, try out Gateway as a format. Yeah. Which isn't out yet, so. No, I mean, it, it will be very soon. You can play Netrunner for a few more days and just use your Leela Decker your rp prison deck or something but that's fine until after that after that play gateway yeah bye bye ha <laughs> i mean it's not Yu-Gi-Oh. i know nothing about this It's about it's a it's a TV show about people who play a card game, but it's very dramatic and it like comes to life. They're like, ah, oh, you access my trap card. What you don't realize, it's the level twenty seven dragon. Hmm. Cool. She seems very concerned that I know as much as that about Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, let's start with that.